Miss Henderson, Thomas says you've got a secret formula for fried chicken. Do you? You mean scraping the vault. That means chicken fried in a VHS. Tastes light and delicate outside, juicy inside. It tastes terrific. But what's the secret? Scraping the vault. Let you fry at the right temperature so you get a quick crust that seals in juices. Delicate outside, juicy inside. That's a good podcast. Is it okay if I tell my mom? No. From the ashes of broadcast network television, and from the angels we have heard on high, it's Scraping the Vault. <laughs> With a very special Christmas episode, there's Dan. Hi, I'm Dan, and I'm one of said angels. There's Audrey. Ho, 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 I'm your Christmas elf friend. <laughs> and Jimmy. Okay. That's you. Wait, hold on. <laughs> we gotta wait for it. Wait for it. Wait for it. Yeah. I think it's. I should. We gotta do it again. No, not really. But it's Devil Dan, <laughs> Angel, Angel uh, Audrey, and Jingle Jimmy. Well, I am Edgy. Mm. It's I'm true. an angel. Welcome back to another episode of Scraping the Vault, everybody. I'm very excited about this episode. This is something I've been lobbying for since we started. As you saw in the show title, it is not a straight-to-video Disney sequel, but it is a very special time of year. It's Christmas Eve. And time to do your part as a human and consume and buy things. Support the economy. Do your job. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's, right. Yep. That's what this and- film is all about. <laughs> right. So the famous uh, Disney property, The Brady Bunch. That's right. Uh, we watched a very Brady Christmas, which we sure did. Well, be straight to video. It's currently straight to Hulu, <laughs> and uh, we want to talk. I want to talk about it because I love this movie, and I've loved it my whole life. I have it on VHS only can't because wait. on DVD. Just can't wait. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you might imagine, listener, we have a detailed, in-depth analysis of said film. Um, um, so. Audrey, what was your guess on number of pages? Uh, I forgot to make a guess. Ah. And then then he spoiled it for us. Uh, So someone's getting coal in their stocking this year. (laughs) (laughs) I went with my initial thought was like in the 30s. And I thought, no, he probably stopped. He would. What would be. So what would what would be the number of pages that you would stop at? See, what's funny is like Lady and the Tramp 2, only five pages. Right. Um, and, and some others, you know, 14, that sort of thing. So I, I was proud of myself. 17. That, yeah. I would have stopped at 30. And here's the thing. What, what <laughs> happened was that, was that I, I love and know this movie so well that, you know, how sometimes we want to play clips of, of things that are particularly fun or whatever songs and that kind of thing. Everything mm-hmm. that's said in this movie <laughs> is a gem. And so I was, uh, we went back and forth all week. It's like, what am I going to do? Like, I, I just know it and love it so much. I don't know how to talk about this movie because I can't are watch st- it objectively. Are you still like a little bit nervous about going forward with this? No, now I'm just excited. Okay. Okay. Or, or yes. Um, and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you so this, hear that sound my throat just made? No. No. Oh, okay. I just but I it, if possible, I will go back and amplify. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Don't do it, please. Okay, I won't. I won't. <laughs> 
I will listen to it for myself, though. Just, okay. okay. So we are talking about a very Brady Christmas. What do you do yeah. since? I mean, what do you guys think about? You don't have to talk about this movie, but what were your thoughts going in? I have seen this movie countless times, and every time with you, and mm-hmm. slightly under duress. Mm-hmm. Or under protest a little bit. <laughs> under the influence. <laughs> well, yeah. That's so it's I think I you know, I try to get not make our shows too much about like this is a podcast about Dan and Jimmy, but it it's kind of it exists. So I think I remember we went to Blockbuster to get a bunch of movies, and you immediately went for very Brady. Christmas. Mm-hmm. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, that's that's such a funny idea. We should totally watch that. And you were like, it's one of my favorite movies. Mm-hmm. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I know. And uh, back then the room didn't exist, but I said something like, oh yeah, and the room's one of my favorite movies. You're like, no, I love this movie. I'm like, mm-hmm. Oh. Okay, this is going to be a challenge. So, <laughs> our friendship is <laughs> in there's question. A, there's a few. There's a few of those, but that's fine. <laughs> that's true. Um, I don't know if my sister watched the Brady Bunch. I know she watched the Brady Bunch, but I don't know if she watched it because there was nothing else on at the time, or if she hate watched it, or if she genuinely liked it. I just know that it was on, and I never liked it i never cared for it it was always um honestly there's kind of a darkness to greg brady that is never like the actor and i don't mean that in a negative sense but like i know he's a listener which one's greg again uh barry williams (laughs) oh the oldest brother yeah okay there's a there's this there's like a darkness to him that like they never explored and i think the dad was a little too similar to Bill Bixby and I'm like five at the time. Right. So it just didn't, it didn't hit. And I know in the kitchen, they had this weird hole that I guess a a griddle was on, but like, it just looked like a weird absent spot. Those of you who have listened to Dan hates the Beatles uh, Mm -hmm. know that I tend to nitpick these things and I tend to ruin things for myself. He's an architect. He should have thought, right. He should have planned out a better spot for the griddle. Like how could you overlook something like that detail? The hearth of the home is the most important spot in my opinion, because it's where, where your heat and where your food and where your, your, your community is built around. I just thought it was an empty, but (laughs) I just thought it was an empty hole. And like any scene that took place in the kitchen and a lot of them did, I'm just staring at that hole and going, what's in there? (laughs) Like, like, yeah. So, yeah. So uh, all that aside, there is some nostalgia. Audrey, why, or what was your thought going into this movie? What do you know about the Brady Bunch? Next to nothing. I know the theme a little bit. I think I know the the image of the the kind of the grid with everybody looking around at each other. Like I know that my friend from college play is a is a drag queen whose name is Jan, and her mm-hmm. so uh, partially inspired by Jan from the show. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I know and- that. You know, there's a story. That's a uh, there's a lovely lady, and then there's a mm-hmm. man, and he's got two. Some do- some kids of his own or something. I don't know. I had right. I had basically zero concept of what I was in for. Um, I well, think I was aware that it's a sitcom, mm-hmm. and uh, like I I'm aware of the cultural significance of the Brady Bunch as a show and as a 
um, television family, whatever. I, I didn't, I really had no idea what to expect. Well, here's the story. One of Um, the main premises of the show is, or one of the main conceits of the show is that single parenthood is a thing to be fixed. Oh, interesting. (laughs) I don't know, Dan, Uh, that sounds very biased and I can't put my finger on how or why. (laughs) So there's a story about a man uh, named Brady. Uh Mm -hmm. He was, he was uh, bringing up three. Ver- no, he was busy with three. Oh, it starts with a lovely lady, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Oh, dang it! Anyway, three lovely daughters of her own, and they all had hair of gold, like birthday. your mother. <laughs> like yeah, <laughs> they were just clones of their parents, which is a little weird. Because yeah. also, when I first started watching the the when I saw the the opening for the movie, I was like wow, this is strange. They're clones. How did either one of them end up single? Did they asymptomatic, a, a, did they asexually reproduce? Um, yes. And then they, they kind of faded into the actors at, at their current age right. when they filmed the movie. And I was like, who are these strangers? They're not important <laughs> enough for their own opening. Well, to be clear, they faded into most of the actors at their current age. Yeah, that's true, and and I don't have a whole lot about why Susan Olsen is not in this movie. I I don't. There's a lot of rumor and that kind of thing. I personally feel like we got an upgrade, but I think yeah, I think Mindy Brady's great. Um, so <laughs> do you have a preview, or can we just get going? Because I want to talk about uh, so, I know you do. Um, so this was in 1988, Ooh, nice. and it's the only song, the only movie from this era that we are going to be covering. So. In Disney news, let's go with theme park news because there's not a lot and Jimmy wants to get to the thing. First of all, Who Framed Roger Rabbit came out, which is a thing that I love. And I saw in the theaters with my cousin 12 times in wow. one weekend. It's a good movie. That's right. It's a great movie. If you haven't watched it recently, go watch it. It's very good. Um, so we only got three things from the theme parks. And I finally found it so I can stop... Uh, yeah, we got Illuminations debuts at Epcot. Uh, Jeremy, I know you're listening, and there you go. Uh, America Sings closes at Disneyland. Oh, that's sad. But you know what's not sad? The Norway Pavilion Ooh. opens at Epcot, which is the place that I learned that I love butter. Ooh, ah. that's a wonderful <laughs> discovery. Butter is so it lovable. Really is. Yeah, we were a margarine household. Oh, and then I was. Set free upon the, mm. uh, the what's what are they called the, the smorgasbord. Oh yes, right. and I found a pastry that was basically just butter. Uh huh. And I've been chasing that dragon ever since. Yeah. Oh, and yeah, smorgasbords. If- that, that was the thing. I remember we, there was one near Disneyland. We used to go and then leave Hansa the park House. to go to Hansa House. Oh, you guys. What if French cuisine was based around margarine instead of butter? How silly would oh, that be? It wouldn't be world famous. No. <laughs> It'd be Trey funny. Uh, um, Jimmy, I know you're chomping at the bit, so let's go with it's yeah. on a trailer, but it's a promo from CBS. Tonight on the CBS Sunday Movie, 
Remember that crazy bunch you grew up with? Yep. Those kids were terrific. Those kids are grown up. That's oh. impossible. Wouldn't you like to see how they turned out? Can I skip this question and go right to the bonus round? It's a surprise package that'll knock you down and win you over. That sounds perfect. Share the laughter and the love. Nice to have family. Join the celebration the when the Alice. kids you grew up with come home for the holiday. You're invited to a very Brady Christmas. Coming up next. A very Brady Christmas. Sponsored by the good time, great taste of your holiday place, McDonald's. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, now, before I hand over the reins, I also want to point out that in our last episode, it was the uh, last time that Paul Pressler was going to be with the company. So oh. our very own Thanos in oh. the timeline of the movies, the the sequels, is no longer with us. My brother was one year old. Me snapping. Yeah, I was. I didn't even ex exist yet. Wow. Yeah. Wow. In this, you know, Audrey-centric world that we all live That's in. That's right. <laughs> Are we going to uh, talk about what our what what? Because I made a plot for the movie, just you oh, know, thinking about oh. what it could be. Please, please. I might have missed my opportunity, but we're making it happen now. No, yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad you're correcting this error. All right, let me try. Let me, <clears throat> let me get into character. Brady Xmas. It's a story. There's a lovely lady, and a dark family history is unearthed. The mom's sister secretly loves the dad, and it oh, turns no. out one of the boys is a bastard son. Hungry for power, he plots with the sister in ru to ruin Christmas by poisoning the corn casserole. Eggnog will flow, and the blood will too. Ho, ho, ho. Wow. Nice. I, I like it. That's good. That's very good. It's not quite what happened. It's close. Yeah, I don't Almost. think that was my best take either. I think the the um the voice was a little garbled and my mm. diction wasn't wasn't so great. So we'll just let it we'll run with it. It's fine. Do you want me to, do you want me to deepen the voice and post or sure add some like uh, oh, yeah. growls? Satanic satanic music. <laughs> It's, I, I'm not very good with audacity, as our listeners probably have figured out. But could we'll, you also we'll see what I can. could you play like a, a dreidel, dreidel, dreidel in the background instead of Christmas like music? A yeah, oh. that would be <laughs> just. I'll, see, I'll see what I can find. Anti-Christmas thing. Let me. Let me <laughs> I'll put it this way: it might not be at all what you're imagining, but I will make an effort. Oh, Dad! You but all of the things you've done so far have been really funny, so I believe in <laughs> you. More than I believe in Santa. <laughs> <laughs> if, That's a lot. If children are listening, <laughs> don't. Well, if children are listening, <laughs> what she's saying is that she doubts Santa's ability to um, keep up with the trend, the toy trends, and make a PS5 for everybody. Yeah, I'm still. Are switches still sold out? Because I've been trying to get my hands on one of those since March. Santa, I believe, has his sweatshop working on it. As you all know, uh, the elders' life. Chop, chop! And hurry up! You know my <laughs> this, my time's a wasting. <laughs> Speaking of time's a wasting, Jimmy. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> here's to let, let's talk about this movie. Okay, so yeah. first of all, if you some of you listeners may recall, there was sort of a series of parody films in the '90s. Uh, there was a Brady Bunch movie. Which was, you know, actors that were recast. There were some cameos from the main cast from the show. 
and it was just kind of spoofed the Brady Bunch while still telling a story. They had a very Brady sequel. They had the Brady's go to the White House, where Mike Brady becomes the president of the United States. And this I need this feels, as a ringtone. This feels very much like that. It almost feels like a parody of itself a little bit, but while still keeping true and nostalgic. So uh, the the movie opens just like the TV show Audrey had alluded to, where you know it's a story of a lovely lady and a man named Brady, and then we at the end of the song we uh, see all the grown up. You know, they're all grown up except that uh, for Cindy, who is a different actress. Uh, this actress is the one that was in Ghostbusters. She was, there were two kids that were being sort of, there was like shock therapy and they had to, like a Rorschach, no, what was it? It was a test where you'd like try to guess what he's looking at. And if you what? got it wrong, you got shocked and she was the girl in that. I had a crush on her. Anyway. Oh. Um, so we see the all sure, new grown up. Jimmy. Grown up family, including Ambie Davis as Alice. But wait, um, Jimmy, she's not a cartoon dog. <laughs> that is true. We all make exceptions in our lives. Uh, so anyway, um, we open on the Brady home, the famous Brady home that everybody knows. Oh, boy, uh, do we. And <laughs> exterior shot. It's much shot. bigger on the inside. It is true. It's it's a clown car of a home. Um, and we cut to a room where Mike and Carol are riding exercise bikes. As they finish exercising, Carol reminisces about what a great Christmas presents these bikes were that they gave each other last Christmas. Speaking of Christmas, have you decided what you're going to get me this year? Guys, this opened like a bad infomercial. (laughs) It took me about five (laughs) seconds to realize that I was watching a a real-life version of a Tim and Eric sketch. Are you looking for a Christmas movie? It's Would just, you like something to watch with your family? It was like, it's this is the kind of show that I can't watch seriously and not just kind of like, this is so bizarre and too pure. And what, wh- when are they going to like sneer at each other? And, you know, she's going to go run off and find her, her secret tryst in the bushes behind the house with the lawn mowing guy. And like... <laughs> The dad is is secretly, you know, selling drugs or something. It's just too <laughs> like, oh no, this is way yeah. too perfect and regimented and studio produced and like, oh my god, I I was feeling I was feeling a little concerned. Well, and, and I noticed, <laughs> I noticed something, <laughs> I noticed something about this movie on this pass that I didn't really put a finger on before the way the writers deal with exposition and oh details my God. is yeah. really weird. It's yes. terrible. I have a lot of, I have a lot on that. <laughs> so many details. <laughs> yes. Like not, I got fired from the toy company. It's, I can't believe you got fired from Tyler toy company. It's like, That's why right. is it, what is, it, is it, this isn't, this is Chekhov's oh, gun. No, my, my it's just favorite. bad writing. Yes. No, yeah, it's awful. And then my favorite, <laughs> it comes up pretty soon. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and okay. so I, in when watching this this part, I started thinking like, there's no Christmas decorations up. No, this could it's not be Christmas April. Time yet. This could this could be like April, well, May, like <laughs> for all we know. <laughs> I and they're already talking about Christmas. Time passes very smart in this movie. I because you know, like you said, the, the season is questionable, but it's smart definitely not Christmas. Is generous, but it's far yeah. enough in advance that they're talking about what to do for Christmas because they're both thinking about what they're going to get each other. So it's 
it's far enough that they, well, I don't want to spoil it. Well, I got to, I got to correct you when you say that time passes smart in this movie, because then we go into a second opening credit sequence that is basically like, Hey, look, everybody, the nineties happened to the house and it shows the (laughs) living room, the kitchen, all of this, all the like common areas of the house in great detail. It's almost like there's a cartoon arrow going like, look, they have one of those glass windows now because (laughs) it's the late eighties and he's an architect. And meanwhile, the the conceit that gets us through this exposition of the new newly decorated area is just Carol asking Mike to tell him, tell her about the present. And they're like aimlessly wandering around the house. Like what is he even doing? It's, it's it's universe building. It's fan servicing the heck out of it. And, and it's a one shot. Like they're out the house itself. It's like, come on, little house, spread those legs for the viewers. Let's see what you got done under there. What's under the rug? Yes, it's just, it's it's a single, it's a one-shot pan through the whole house in an ultimate fan service montage. That's what it is, right? And I did notice that. It's still shot like a, it's still shot like a TV show. That's what really bugged me about this movie after I finished watching it is like, oh, these guys have never shot a movie. There's nothing important or cool or interesting happening with the camera and the editing and the camera shots. It's so bland and ugh. It is and a gotta- TV show, though. That's that's the whole... It's a made-for-TV movie, which is a television show complete with ad breaks that are built in. I mean, it is a TV show. I yeah. guess I should have considered that. I think that I'm definitely I was definitely willing to forgive, but but it's not it's that- not recorded live, was it? No, for all I they mean, still could have they been. still could have got a little fancy dancy, couldn't they have? They could well define could have. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> if it's a matter of ability, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I I do have to say that um, the thing the one thing that bothered me, especially in this scene, is that. Mike might be a great architect, but as someone who grew up with a bunch of interior designers, he's a terrible interior designer. Well, that's like to be fair. And Malthus had a demon love child all over that house. <laughs> to be fair, this is the late '80s from a '60s and '70s sitcom Look, team. the The woman is the interior designer, <laughs> which comes up a lot in this movie. There's a lot okay. of gender roles. My. My aunt and uncle had a house with the same sort of staircase where it was just like in the middle of the space and kind of exposed on either side. And I was like, oh, that's kind of neat. So Mike (laughs) knows exactly what he's going to get Carol, but he will not tell her. And so through this montage, she's basically begging him to tell her what he got her for Christmas. And I think calling it a montage gives it too much credit. It's an ex- just an extended. Okay, scene. fine. It's an extended one shot <laughs> through the house. They don't. They don't go upstairs. Obviously, I noticed that Mike Lookinland, who plays Bobby in the TV show, was was billed as Michael Lookinland, which is interesting because now they call him Bob all the time. But anyway, hmm. uh, we end in the kitchen where Carol is outraged that Mike will not tell her what he's getting her for Christmas, and in almost a threatening way, she's like. It better be generous too. Like, what do you want? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> like, anyway, 
So she knows what she's getting him, but if he won't hint, she won't hint. I'll smother you in your sleep as when you yeah. sleep in our queen bed together that should be a king bed. Oh boy, a little bit of tension that we can all grasp that like I know could be Let's could lead that as soon as possible. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And he's like, sounds good. <laughs> I'm not gonna say anything. And then here's my favorite. This is she exposits this. Remember, we don't have any kids at home anymore. I don't have to go to business. <laughs> <laughs> i have to read this let me get through it I don't, I don't have to go to business at the real estate office today and you don't have to go to business either i thought we could do a little business together here Ooh, and then he growls in like a weird kind of old man like sexy growl sort of way and i was like oh oh mr brady why <laughs> What's interesting, though, Audrey, and this may be something that so there's there's a little bit of maybe color with this because famously uh, the actor who played Mr. Brady was gay. I read that and I was very surprised because he came off very masculine in the show. Yeah, and he's a, he's a good looking dude, and I think uh, hands down the best actor in this in this movie. Let really. me. He's a, he's a good. Absolutely actor. agree. He he is a very underrated actor. I yeah, said I masculine. What I really meant was. Uh, heteronormative. How about that? Yeah, that's fair. So in response to this, he says, you tempt me. You really do. But <laughs> I gotta, it's... I, I'm sorry. I really want to know before we lose this moment. Do we think that the writers were trying to figure out a way to get Carol Brady to say, take care of some business? Mm-hmm. Or do you think the starting point was that they sp- they think that this family speaks like aliens and go it's, to business is a normal thing to it's say. It's the same as what you're saying about, you know, like, oh, you got fired from the Tyler Toy Company. I think it's just bad writing, really. I, yeah. I, I don't know if it started with the innuendo or it started with bad writing. Either way, we got that gem. I think all of this, though, makes the at least the first Brady movie, the the parody one, so good because when they find when we find out that I think we found out in the sequel, actually, that Alice lives in, in, in the, the fridge. <laughs> it, makes, it makes sense. Yes, it does. <laughs> to a point where when you were talking about the kitchen, I thought you were thinking about her room, which is in the refrigerator. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So, so here's the thing. He can't do business together in the house <laughs> because it's her fault, too, because she is the one that introduced him to the antagonist quote-unquote of this movie, Mm -hmm. which is one Mr. Ted Roberts. (laughs) And Mike thinks, well, he likes the plans for the new building that he designed, so that's good. (laughs) Quick, we need some tension. We need some kind of stakes for this movie. Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, it gets better. What do you got? (laughs) With, With one final kiss, she will have to make it last. Carol rushes. So Mike leaves. Carol. They're so weirdly passionate in this movie. They are. It's great. Why? It's it's sold really well. They're they're clearly attracted to each other, and it's fun. I mean, that's you know, kids are out of the house. They're still youngish. Uh, This is their twenty. Them though. No, that's true. There's a lot of horniness in this movie. (laughs) Yes, it's so it's so bizarre because it feels very uptight. Otherwise, well, I think wasn't the cast like Fleetwood Mac, where like everyone was sleeping with everyone else. (laughs) Yeah, just watch the behind the scenes Brady Bunch, and yeah, there there was a lot of, and it's the same like Saved by the Bell. You get kids that are going through puberty together. It's going to be a 
anyway, so uh, Mike, well, leaves- what, what do you, I don't understand what you're trying to. Yeah, what was what was the long inhale? What did that? It's gonna be. I was gonna say show, and then I was gonna say (laughs) fest, but I decided Uh, I didn't want to have Dan have to do all the editing, so I stopped. Uh, A big roly poly fun time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, there's there's a fair amount of uh, um, (laughs) potential or rolling and pulling. There's there's, I wrote the word pork (laughs) several times. Uh, so, all right. So Mike leaves. Carol rushes off to the phone, like secretly calls Marsha to tell this her is, about. The- oh, oh, one of my favorite segments of the film is the phone call segment, yes. which lasts the first third of the movie. <laughs> exactly. And I have everyone in order. No! <laughs> okay. So she calls Marsha about the Christmas present she's going to give to Mike. It's a trip it's to our Greece. friends again. They're back. Yeah, They're exactly. Alive. That's what this- that's what this scene is, is reintroducing these characters, right? And it, it's, I think this is a wonderful device. So anyway. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Wonderful device. <laughs> yes, great. the it's phone a great is way. quite remarkable. Amazing <laughs> that you could pick up a <laughs> oh, storytelling device. Amazing you could pick up a piece of plastic and poke at it a few times. Remember and then electrical this- pulses somehow connect you with another human being far away. What a cool Remember device. <laughs> Remember a couple episodes when I referred to Steve Gutenberg as a great actor? Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is kind of one of those moments, I think. Did you? <laughs> I don't remember that. But yeah, but I'm talking about a way to introduce the kids. It's a really it's a good way to number one show exposition of what it's their an lives are okay like. Okay way. But they ha- they did it the exact same way for every kid, which is my problem. Yeah, I suppose. But th- uh, anyway. Is it interesting to watch people on the phone? Twice. Is it visually interesting to watch people on the phone? <laughs> twice. More it's than twice. Like you're, you're, well, no, it's not. But you can see Thank what's you. going on around I'm them. I'm right. This is like When she first. calls Marsha, the, the, she's got little kids running around. So you can just see just in an instant, she's clearly is at home. She's got little kids. They're rambunctious, whatever. It, it tells the story. And then Greg answers yeah. the phone in his little doctor uniform. You know he's a doctor. Like that. I think they did a good job with the device, the storytelling introductory device. Okay. And Except she has a don't... panda phone. Yes, she does. <laughs> it was a Sports Illustrated phone. She got the flip phone. And you also are introduced to, you know, reminded of how having a corded phone basically just mm-hmm. it, it, it traps you. Like you're, you're imprisoned right. for the entirety of the conversation. Which is how I felt for a lot of this movie. um what i what i wrote down in my notes here is which one is the rat who's gonna give away the secret who's the king of rats is this the nutcracker oh yes (laughs) with mindy but the the thing is that that is the single best scene in this movie for me is there is who the rat ends up being oh my god all right all right right. this is gonna take a very long time okay so i thought this was gonna be the whole plot of the movie yeah right and that's what that's what this movie does so well i i sat there and i wrote like three pages for the first five minutes of the movie oh my god all right we better get to it then all right so it's a cruise to greece colin marcia so here's who she calls in order marcia then greg then Jan, then Peter, who is very busy, and then Cindy, and then Bobby. But everybody has to keep this little secret, right? It's very important. It's got to be a secret. Nobody can tell Mike this is a secret. And then we cut to Mike, 
who is at his business office <laughs> when, when he sneaks off to basically do the same thing. But he's going to tell the kids that his secret gift to Carol is a trip to Japan. And he does it in this order. Greg, then Marcia, then Jan, then Peter, Cindy, and then Bobby. So... <laughs> <laughs> but the point is, is setting up the fact that these they're they're planning these things independent. They tell all the kids, but they're not to say anything. It's just a surprise, right? That's the whole point. It's right back at the old homestead when the doorbell rings. Ding it's dong. Alice. It's Ann B. Davis. She is not in a good place. She is sobbing in the Alice way because Sam, the butcher, has left her. Yeah. He left a note. You ready for the note? No. Dear Alice, I lied to you. (laughs) I wasn't working nights plucking chickens. I met a younger woman. At first, it was just exchanging meatloaf recipes. Then one night, she asked me to come over to season her rump roast. Oh, my God. I guess. And then there was a part that was smeared, and that was Alice's tears. Uh, I guess I'm an old fool, but I fell for her like a pound of ground chuck. She is... So, <laughs> well, he's good with innuendo, I guess. That's the whole thing with Sam, though, and it's really heightened in these movies, the the Brady Bunch movies. But anyway, she's so, asked. Go ahead. I just every time I watch this movie, I first of all, <laughs> and no one should have to say those words about this movie. Um, but every time I watch this movie, first of all, this is the moment where I'm reminded of just the deep well that I've been sucked into and that there's Mm -hmm. no way out of um, where it's just like, Oh yes. I, mm -hmm, okay. Now I remember just how it's like when I sometimes will uh, have miracle whips because I forget that miracle whip is terrible. And I'm like, oh, here that's it is. oh, that's okay. That's that. But when they answer the door and see Alice, every time I want them to say, Alice, how did you know we were making a movie? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think there's some irony here because I love Miracle Whip. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you earlier about butter and margarine. I was going to say, <laughs> do you prefer mayo or <laughs> why would you even ask that question of another human being <laughs> i love miracle whip especially in uh, anyway you also love this <laughs> exactly that's, that's the analogy we haven't broken jimmy's spirit yet Dan. No, not yet. <laughs> he's too happy <laughs> oh my god so she so carol no excuse me alice has been welcomed to stay as long as she wants welcome home alice and, and then they the left next, her room just like she just left like it, she which left is it. super creepy. <laughs> exactly for the hired help, like yeah. the refrigerator where she lives. <laughs> right. they, haven't, they haven't changed out those eggs. Oh, we still have that, that little uh, container of bitters. I've um, got okay. in my fridge a jar of maraschino cherries that's probably totally dead, but they still taste fine. Mm-hmm. When do I throw them out? Uh, never. I just, never. Okay. That's the point. They'll be fine. Um, so the <laughs> next like morning. little friends that have never given up on you. Never give up on them. <laughs> That's right. 
The next morning, Alice is in the kitchen and she's back to her old blue dress, which is in her apron. <laughs> so and it was probably in her closet because they haven't changed it since she left. So <laughs> Alice loves late stage capitalism so much. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so she has set the table for the six kids. Silly Alice. Where is her mind? Oh, yeah. It's with that butcher. So so she's going to make breakfast. Go, what do you want, Mr. Brady? And he asks for scrambled eggs, and then she's going to do it. And then um, they protest. Like, no, you live here with us. You're our friend. You're not our maid. You don't work for us. And Alice really wants to cook. And, and, and here's something that was really odd to me. She's like, do you want me to make scrambled eggs? And then sometimes, like, leave the shells in. And and uh, and Mrs. Brady was adamant, like, almost angry. She's like, you never did that, Alice. What? what? Why is that an important detail? You never did that. I missed that part. I was no. just considering whether or not she was getting paid in this movie. No, she's just a house no. guest that nope. serves them. Yep. Um, she just really loves it. Yep. So Mrs. Brady will not let Alice make breakfast. She pulls the eggs out herself, that Mrs. Brady. You're our mm-hmm. friend. You don't work for us anymore. And I'm going to, I'd like to read this. And I'd like you to not interrupt because it's important. <laughs> okay. So you want to st- start your start your watches. Mike pulls Alice aside. Carol and I were talking. And as far as we're concerned, you can stay as long as you'd like. We're going to be gone for a while, but that's okay. Because I'm surprising Carol with a trip to Japan. But don't say anything. In the amount of time it took me to read can that. Can we interrupt you now? You can. Oh, okay. Okay, you're not going <laughs> to. I just I, did. I interrupted you to ask the okay, question. Yeah. In the amount of time Jimmy, sorry, that it I took me to read it. that. Go ahead. Are you? <laughs> In the amount of time that it took me to read that sentence and that exchange between Mike and Alice, Carol had... Removed the eggs from the carton, cracked the eggs, turned on the stove, <laughs> heated the pan, cooked and scrambled the eggs because they're done by the time yep. you get back in it, the kitchen. It's an infomercial and she already had them pre-made underneath <laughs> the counter. <laughs> totally. It's TV magic. Uh, this movie really is a Christmas miracle. Right. Um, and I don't know if you have this in your notes or not, but one thing I did probably. notice is, well, Carol at no point offers to make Alice. <laughs> no, she doesn't. No. She's got to service the man. <laughs> She's, oh, no, you don't, you don't need to cook for us. I'll, I'll, I'm going to be cooking for Mike. You're on your own. <laughs> That's right. And, and again, I, I, I'm, I'm not going to be derogatory here because I'm all about gender equality, but there is a lot of late 80s, you know, gender role commentary until the end, but. Um, so, but yeah. Carol doesn't have time to eat the eggs because she has to run off to do business at the real estate office. <laughs> but she doesn't have to. She's doing it because she wants to. No, she's going to business. Yes. Jimmy. She is going to business. <laughs> she's not real going to do business. She's going to business. <laughs> That's fair. But before she goes, she pulls Alice Hold on. Aside. I'm going to go to the toilet while you do this. <laughs> okay. Actually, if you're yeah, going to the toilet, I'm just going to take – I'm going to unplug my headphones for a second. I take, took my sweater I have to, off because I was I getting, have to pee too. I got really oh, hot. Oh, I wasn't really Thanks. needing a break. But One yeah, sec. if you, if Hold you on. need to, we just, yep, we'll leave it going. Are you guys – okay. Okay, I'm back. I went to toilet quickly. Three, two, one, go. 
and <laughs> he already went. Did. He already went. Yeah. Oh. Um, okay. Yeah. So that was so we can cut this back, and I'm going to leave this part in. Okay. Great. Uh, so before before she goes to business at the real estate office, she pulls Alice aside, and in par- parrots basically verbatim what Mike had said. Uh, Mike and I were talking last night. As far as we're concerned, you can stay as long as you'd like. We're going to be gone for a while. I'm surprising Mike with a trip to Greece for Christmas, but don't say anything. So poor Alice, now, she can't say anything be, about anything. To be fair to the writers, this was before copy and paste, so they <laughs> did need true. to retype the words. <laughs> oh <my> God. <laughs> uh, and then we don't get to see her do business at work to business. <laughs> I would have loved to see her do business. (laughs) Instead, we cut to the here and there travel company. In walks Mike, who's greeted by his agent. And he says, get out your book on Asia and look up J for Japan. (laughs) (laughs) Never heard of it. (laughs) I know, right? Mike has withdrawn the money from his account and he is ready to book. Mm-hmm. And then immediately we cut to Carol, who is being greeted by another agent, travel agent. We don't know Jimmy, where this I a, is. I have a question, Jimmy. Has uh, Carol ever been there before? I will get to that very shortly. <laughs> <laughs> That's something that I was definitely wondering. Whenever I see a character enter <laughs> sort of a, an establishment, especially a travel agency. That's something I, I would to, say. Right, my single favorite scene in the whole movie. I've written it all out. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Uh, as they, so Carol's being greeted by another agent. We don't know if this is the same place. He's just she's at a travel agency, and as they sit, Carol explains that she has never been there before. <laughs> this is the agency her husband always uses, and here's the exchange. I'm Mrs. Mike Brady. <laughs> the agent says. I'm Mrs. Crane, and I'd be delighted to help you. She has a big smile. Let me guess. You're planning What's a trip. What's her husband's first name? <laughs> I think it might be Mrs. Why did they leave out this important detail of all things? <laughs> so the agent says, you're planning a trip. And Carol says, yes, to Greece. The reason I came because of my husband is because I'm going to surprise. It's going to be a surprise for my husband. But I have a deposit here from our special account. I do Ooh. hope it's enough. Congratulations on your amazing saving ability with six kids who all, Ooh, I assume, had college paid for. Mm, not all of them. Um. <laughs> Spoilers. <clears throat> the agent says, you don't mind if I verify this at the bank, do you? Mind Carol's. if I call to bank? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I've got to do some business with the bank. <laughs> So she's like, call the verify. Carol, oh no, not at all. And as she waits for the agent to verify the deposit on the phone, we see Mike is in the very next cubicle. Oh. So the agent's on the phone, cut back to her, and she says, thanks. And she's got a frown on her face. And she <laughs> hangs up. <laughs> it, seems, it seems you have $8.17 in your special account. Just information that a bank would share. Yes, exactly. (laughs) There's more that they shared with her. Uh, Carol says, that's impossible. That's our special savings account. That money's for our cruise to Greece. And this is... Keep going. 
Well, thanks for stopping by, Mrs. Brady, if that's your name. That's real name. Of course that's my name. And then she stands up. I'm Mrs. Mike Brady. Cut to Mike, who now hears this. I suggest you call the bank again. There has to be some sort of mistake. Agent, no, there's no mistake. The bank told me the money was withdrawn just a little while ago. By whom? By the other joint account holder? That's my husband. Somebody took our money. Somebody's pretending to be my husband. And then Mike comes in. Hi there. I'm the man pretending to be your husband. (laughs) And this is not much louder than the conversation that happens before. No, no, not at all. To where like this guy should be able to recognize that she's in the next cubicle. Yeah. It's a cubicle. Inches away from each other's face. Like I wonder, you know, don't you have a a sense for when other people are around you? (laughs) Well, not when you come from a planet, we're living in a refrigerator. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) That makes sense. (laughs) So now the jig is up. They they learn uh, they learn that each other each of them were planning a trip for each other right so it's Greece mm-hmm. or the Orient Orient or Greece solution <laughs> the movie can happen now yay <laughs> I was go to house totally shocked that we learned so early on that the 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 two of them were planning this for each other like I was just like oh crap now I'm I it was like having the floor kind of opened up beneath me and i was free falling because i was so certain that the whole movie was going to be about like people hiding the secret from each other Mm -hmm. um and then i was confused and lost when i realized that the 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 main tension that they had built up in the first couple scenes was was completely dissipated yep just iron that immediately it was like wow whoa brady and so that was basically i just detailed act one right the rest of it is more of a summary, just for your listening pleasure. <laughs> it's a lot less beat-by-beat beat breakdown. Um, so through a series of flashbacks from the old TV show. I feel show, like we're going to get a beat-by-beat beat breakdown if we're being really honest. There's only well, a few beats in the movie it, it itself. Might, it might not be written down, but I think we're going to get okay. there. Right. <laughs> Which is fine. That's fine. <laughs> so, so through a series of flashbacks from the old TV show that you know, sitting there with Alice and they're drinking red wine. So we know that they've, you know, grown up. Mm-hmm. Uh, they decide that spending all that money to get the kids home. That's what's the, that's the thing, like getting all the family together. So they decide they're going to use that money and then give everybody airline tickets, which by the way, in the film are called airline tickets. I would have gone um, to Japan. And then, <laughs> then they yeah. get, I, 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 excuse me, miss. I fully disagree with your assessment because then none of the rest of what we're about to talk about would happen. Well, it would have been it. Yeah, yeah. All right. They go to Hawaii in the TV show and in the movie. But anyway. Oh, that's cool. Um, there's, a sis, there's a series of uh, calls to the kids. Very similar, right? So through a series of scenes, here is the status of each of the kids and the introduced conflict. at Well, and f- before they get into this, they also list – all of they don't just say, "Hey, let's invite all the kids and their family." They say, "We can invite Marsha," and, and then they give the Wally. kids' names and the and Wally and oh, they, I get, have like, they okay <laughs> okay. I'm so here's here's the breakdown. This is this is the summary of each of the children and their current status. Now, there's action that's happening within. I mean, if you insist, all right. <laughs> Marsha is a housewife with two kids. The boy Mickey, named after Mike is a little scamp and a menace to his sister, Jessica. 
Marsha's husband, Wally, who, by the way, way out kicked his cover. This guy, I mean, Marsha was like a teenage symbol yeah. of her throb. And this douchebag. Wally, she could have done better, I think. Oh, my God, right? Especially because he's a washed-up salesman who got fired. Anyway. Um, Wally was, was, like, imported from, like, someone found a time machine, and it was labeled really poorly written Seinfeld character. And totally. they, like, they're like, yeah. what does this button do? And he came out. That's right. <laughs> so he comes home early because he was fired from the Tyler toy company. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't want to go to Christmas at the Brady's because he's ashamed that he lost his job. So that's conflict with Marsha. Mm-hmm. Greg is a doctor. His <laughs> I- wife. I don't what? understand why he wouldn't want to go to Christmas when he doesn't have to go to business. Anymore. That's right. That's <laughs> the perfect to to... time to take a trip, you know? I don't yeah. have to go to business. I've At the Tyler <laughs> Toy Company. I don't have to do vacation hours with business. <laughs> At the I Tyler so, Toy Company. So I can go to vacation. I can go to family since I don't have to go to business. At the Tyler Toy Company. You're leaving them. <laughs> <laughs> Have we gotten uh, to the second phone-a-thon? <laughs> this is it. So we're not going to break down the phone-a-thon because I'm, I'm, I'm just summarizing what happens during the phone-a-thon. It, so, I just, yeah, I just wanted to point out to the, to the listeners that we get into our second phone-a-thon here. Yes. And, and Third, there's, technically. Yeah, that's true because it was first oh, yeah. Carol, then Mike. Now it's Carol and Mike. Um, but this is, this is the, the current status of their lives and the conflict that's created. Okay, so we have something to resolve. <laughs> Greg is a doctor. His wife is a nurse, complete with a little nurse hat. <laughs> when he tells his wife, Nora, that they are going to the Brady's for Christmas, she's like, no, we're going to my family. But you've been to your family last year and the year after that. I don't care. I want to go this year, too. Just because I saw him last year doesn't mean I don't want to see him this year. So they decide that she goes to her family and Greg take their son, Kevin, to the Brady's. Compromise. The conflict is they won't be together for Christmas. And I guess he's an OBGYN because he's delivering a baby to to this couple I didn't even want to talk about. because That that scene was pretty funny, though. We we need to talk about that. First of all. I'm having a baby or something. (laughs) Yeah, it's weird. I feel like the hospital was set in like the new heart show or something. I I think it was in an office building. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's like they went to discount hospital props emporium and they're they're like, that'll do. (laughs) We're going to have to use a pair of kitchen tongs for the scapula. (laughs) Did he have the big headband with the big circular thing on it? I forget. I don't think. I don't think so. But the 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 woman giving birth did one of my favorite, like it's like an anti favorite thing that people do in this era of uh, sitcoms where it's mm-hmm. like it's not like I'm having a baby or anything. Right. <laughs> like, exactly, almost or, verbatim. Right. Don't mind me. I'm <laughs> just. <laughs> and I, I wanted to write the dialogue, but I was concerned about uh, the the eighteen page version. So, but basically, I, there's some banter with the husband. That, if you had written that dialogue, the page would have like burst into flames because it's so terrible. <laughs> it's really awful. So the husband, so Nora and 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 uh, Greg are arguing back and forth about you know, like going there. Well, what about this? What about that? And the husband of the delivering <laughs> wife 
<laughs> he's like, oh, you didn't say anything about cousins. <laughs> so he's like arbitrating this whole argument for them. Oh, my God. It's funny. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Jan is a architect and she's got a nerdy professor husband and they're in the middle of a divorce. She's moving. He is moving out. But she convinces her husband, Philip, to put on a good face and come home with her to the Brady's. So Jan's getting divorced. And we don't Peter, find out that she's an architect until like well into the like, movie. A good five minutes before it's over. It's not right. really that important. We could have skipped over that information and the movie would yeah, have Yeah, she's a smart <laughs> business lady in some capacity. That's all you need to know. Uh, Peter is a mid-level sort of employee. You know, he's got an inbox and like during one of the phone-a-thons, like a big stack, comically large stack of things going to his inbox. Um, he is dating the boss lady, Valerie, mm. whom I also had a crush on when I was a kid. Valerie would love to go home with him and mentions that <laughs> this. So here's the conflict with, with, with Peter. He loves her, <laughs> but she makes more money than he does. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he's the man and the man should make more money, right? Again, yeah. gender roles. And then she says, from nine to five, I'm the boss. But from five to nine, I am. Wait, I'm sorry. I missed something that I we really need to address. Mm-hmm. Carol Brady refers to this time that people are coming as the Christmas holidays. Yes, that's true. Go to business. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas holidays. Yeah, the, the Christmas holidays. Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, the Christmas holidays. <laughs> yeah. I also have here uh, Marsha married Jan. Um, so we need needless details. Uh, they should order order a hit on Ted Roberts. Maybe Wally can do that. He's an employee. Um, what does he got to? Lose? And the music, is, the music is just a reorchestrated version of the theme. Song. The it's music's always awful. Just the theme song. <laughs> and then they like, Not oh, always. they make it Greek when they're she's talking about going to yes, Greece, they and they make it yeah. like. Yes. oriental when they're talking about japan it's just like oh boy mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> someone knows how to use it and uh yeah <laughs> also before we get there and i forget apparently college girls love dick yes yes they do it's not about the snow it's about the boys yeah uh anyway so from nine to five she's the boss yeah. from five to nine he's the boss um Cindy is in college, speaking of which, she's planning a trip to Aspen or somewhere with her friend. Uh, but Mike calls and he insists that she come home. In other words, she is told to come home rather than asked. Mm-hmm. That's her conflict. Mm-hmm. And finally, Bobby is supposed well, to be in grad school. There's an important detail missing because when her roommate, and by the way, she still has a, she's still sharing a room in her senior year of college. Um, and her roommate answers, and she is re- rearing to go for whoever's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, she goes through like five or six dudes' names, and yeah, then because she's horny with a capital or, <laughs> um, and yeah, then like it's Mike. Ooh, Mike, you mm. sound cute, you sound like a mature gentleman. Mm-hmm. And then what should have happened mm-hmm. is when. Uh, the hand the the phone gets handed over to Cindy. <laughs> Mike should have said, uh, "No, I want to talk to Cindy." Mindy. <laughs> <'Cause, 'cause it's laughs> <Cindy. laughs> oh, got it. Yeah, 
because it's not the same actress. But it's once again, clearly not, not the same actress. Yeah, it's not even a little bit. She's I, blonde. I'm kind of like Cindy personally, just because I tend to be path of least resistance. So if my family wants to do stuff, I'm kind of like, yeah, sure, of course, I'll do that. Because I don't really, I don't know. I'm I'm a Cindy. Is what I'm trying to okay. say. Okay, mm-hmm. Jimmy, I mean, what are you? Uh, <laughs> I'm a Marsha. <laughs> are we doing just the girls or are we doing the are, are we, we could do both this? okay so separately um oh, dan that makes you jan. Uh, oh do i have to be well no. i guess it i kind of am the jan name i think oh, you okay. yeah yeah i could see that i i'm that's, i'm probably <laughs> also metric. a bobby because i'm the youngest child oh, no, we lost i kind of went down a career path that wasn't you know Wait, what jimmy what? did we lose you cut did out we lose for jimmy? a minute i'm oh, here okay. Okay, um, I'm a Bobby. You're good. Okay. Speaking of you're Bobby. a Bobby. I'm a. I think I'm a Peter. Mm-hmm. I, I guess that makes he's... me a doctor. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, I think Peter. I've always had a weird like. He's the one I've always connected to for whatever reason. I would definitely grow a mustache if I were a man. There you mm. go. I think I would if I were a woman. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Don't let your dreams be dreams, Dan. um okay so just finish up so the listener knows where everybody is bobby is supposed to be in business (laughs) (laughs) he's supposed to be in business grad school but he has dropped out to be a race car driver he wants to come home but he can't tell anybody he's a race car driver because they wouldn't approve how did he find the money how did he get the connections how did he he's using his tuition money for (laughs) race cars i don't know boy these kids. You know, I mean, it's a Brady Bunch movie. What? I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Audrey, um, Audrey, going back to the Cindy scene, mm-hmm. um, I'm curious: Have you ever fall fallen backwards onto a bed laughing with a friend? Yes, all the time. Uh, no. Um, I know I haven't, and I figured it might be like a girl thing. I don't know. I've definitely so like my twin sister and I. When I visit her in Boston, I usually share her bed and we just like what we're going to go to sleep. We'll we'll lie in bed together and like talk about stupid stuff and get the giggles. Right. Or we'll like but, make silly accents, you know, just weird sister twin things. Yeah, normal things. Sure. But I don't think but, we've ever done that while laughing and falling at the same time. Because this is the thing I see in so many the TV, just things from especially from this era is <laughs> – Girls falling backwards onto a bed and laughing. laughing. Yeah. Well, yeah. once you hit a certain age as a woman, your um, your like your balance gets fucked up. So like, <laughs> it's a it's a reaction where as soon as you start laughing, there's not enough oxygen to sustain the balance uh, receptor. So right. it, it's important that you find something to fall on when you're laughing. Otherwise, you could suffer a brain brain injury. You know. Yeah. This is the truth, and I have spoken. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, <laughs> Ted Roberts calls Carol to do him a favor, though. Can it wait? Hold on. Hold on. I wrote something really <laughs> funny in my notes here. Okay. The conversation between Bobby and Mike uh, resulted in the deafening of about 300 people within a 100 mile radius because, yes. or, you know, it, I just the, the, the way this scene played out is like, I know my dad is obnoxiously loud when he talks on the phone and Bobby is at a racetrack. So between right. the two of them, adult males on the phone, just it like everyone around them would be bleeding out the ears. 
But he, he wasn't at the racetrack. He was at the library, and they're doing construction outside. Oh, sure. Yes, yes. Right, 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 right. I also had fun, since we're revisiting things that we're notes, <laughs> we forgot that uh, I really think I, – I liked imagining Peter Brady in, like, a secretary scenario. Like, the oh, movie yeah, secretary. yeah, totally. What? <laughs> it feels like it. It feels like it. Ooh. It and he may I want to well see be. that movie. Do yeah. you? I think I do, too. That sounds pretty uh, – Ooh la la, you know, because the secretary is a ooh la la kind of movie. Well, but kind of what's happening though, right? Because <laughs> the boss is his girlfriend. Yeah, and yeah, why not? He's, it's yeah. definitely if there's, I don't know if I read into it, but that scene I felt a little uncomfortable because I was like, oh, ooh, this is some kinky shit. Like, ooh, la, I, bet, I bet they go home and play around with like dominant yeah. submissive stuff in bed. I think, they must. I think I think for me the only thing that doesn't make it and this is I love this. I think the thing that makes it not secretary for me <laughs> is that in secretary I like I really part of the story for me is I I like to believe that the James Spader character <laughs> doesn't actually do any business. Like it's <laughs> it's all it's all kink for him. <laughs> Who's the James Spader character? The the not secretary. Boss. Oh. If the movie was about him, it'd be called Boss. Oh, got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Did we like, did we skip like over he's the not actually a lawyer? He, he's like he has the degree, he has all the just, I'm shutting this office down. I'm going to just do this. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, yeah. Audrey, to answer your question, no, we did not scoop over anything. Okay. But, but Go ahead and ask was, your question. Okay. The, my question was, did uh, Daddy Brady stand his ground against Mr. Roberts? Not yet. Okay. So that's what I'm getting to. Because while all this stuff is happening, intercut with other scenes, Ted Roberts calls Carol – Another phone favorite. call. That's right. <laughs> so he likes the plans that Mike did. They but could have met at the grocery store or something. Sure. <laughs> this movie brought have... you by Pacific Bell. <laughs> <laughs> they, they have three set pieces in this entire film. Um, so, so Ted Roberts likes the plans, but he wants to discuss some structural modifications to the property. No, She's no, no. Him. Oh, that's a huge E&O exposure, especially exactly. for architects. You know, exactly. like, oh, my God. Structural? <laughs> yeah. We don't cover structural work. Are you kidding? And subsidence is always silent. <laughs> um, so she sold him Damn the property. <laughs> Uh, you were late, Dan. You were just a little late. <laughs> Guys, I've been late on all. I've been fa- fa- late on all of them. <laughs> I'm, I am missing my cues like consistently this time around. Um, yeah, maybe you should uh, look at my Google Docs so you can nah, see what I'm about to say. Um, I agree. Uh, so she sold him this property because she's a real estate business person. And <laughs> sold on the property. It's the one at the intersection of 34th Street oh. and Oak. The plans are within building and safety code requirements, but Mike is recommending additional structural modifications that Ted feels are costly and unnecessary. And if Carol can't convince Mike to stop the changes, he won't give any military funding to Ukraine. Oh, wait. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> If she can't convince him to stop the additional structural modifications, he will stop using her firm and they will lose a major account. That is a quid pro quo. Mike comes 
he comes home to find a nervous Carol. So Carol has been practicing this speech because she doesn't want to lose this account for her firm. And if it really doesn't matter, if it meets the code, then, you know, whatever. So she's rehearsing the speech. Uh, and it's that old trope where she rehearses the speech. She's dressed up and it's like dinner with candlelight. And she finishes it eloquently. And then it cuts. It's it's Alice. She's rehearsing, right? Yeah. And so then Mike comes home. Carol's very nervous. And she hands him a glass of red wine. And I love this line. Because he greets her with a kiss, grabs the wine, and says, ooh, red, my favorite year. <laughs> he's a drunk. He's a drunk. Uh, so he's been having some trouble with Ted Roberts, who is the only thing ruining his Christmas. Carol then flubs her speech, and he says he knows exactly what to do about Ted Roberts. And then on the job site uh, the next day um, – it's called Roberts Plaza, by the way, this construction <laughs> site. Uh, Mike arrives. By the way, did I mention it's at the intersection of 34th Street and Oak? Yeah, I. Yeah, if that's important, I don't. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not picking it up right now. Okay, no, good. Yeah, <laughs> Mike <laughs> arrives. Street to discuss number. Yeah, 34th right. Street. So that's the number that comes before 35th. That's right. correct. I mean, and after 33rd. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. It's an even so it's number. It does make me wonder what might be happening on those other streets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Could does the thirty fourth thing have anything to do with the Brady's or the, the uh, setting? Yeah, they live in L.A. The so. time of year, right? Yeah. Maybe one. Maybe one of the children was turning thirty four, and it was oh, like okay. A, yeah, yeah. It was like a nod to them. Be well, like, hey, let, I'm going to give you a little sneak preview, guys, because. Yeah. Inter- the the parallel street of Oak Street is Elm Street, and there is a nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> this, this movie oh. is a nightmare. <laughs> so, Mike, Wait a minute. so this movie takes this movie conceivably takes place in the same universe. <laughs> as on Elm Street. Now we're talking. <laughs> That's a movie I want to see. All the Brady's in a horror slasher. <laughs> Just because this movie murdered your Christmas spirit in your sleep doesn't mean. Uh, anyway, Mike. So Ted, Mike confronts Ted. Ted insists that he keeps the modifications. It's too expensive. Blah blah blah. And Mike doesn't understand why he would involve Carol. So they argue about it, and then Ted's like, "Hey, there are other architects in town." And Mike's like, "Be my guest," and he leaves. What a badass! I loved this moment in the film. Yeah, totally. I'm proud of. I'm proud of Brady. Yeah, best actor in the film, no doubt. So then they're they're figuring out, like, what are they going to do? The kids are all coming home and, you know, like, who's going to sleep where? And Carol has a fun little line because Mike says, well, here's who everybody's going to sleep, blah, blah, blah. And then and Carol's like, oh, where are we going to sleep? Back to the drawing board, Mr. Architect. (laughs) This is, uh, this is, yeah, travel, travel, the movie. Yep. Yes. Travel. So, travel B-roll. Now we get into, I guess this is probably the end of Act 2. It might be beginning of Act 3. There's a montage where Mike and Carol are getting the house ready for all the guests and Alice is at the airport collecting everyone, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So sorting out the sleeping arrangements. Here's a list of all the sleeping arrangements <laughs> and which not, room I'm they are assigned to sleep in. <laughs> Why don't we put this as like a little extra Easter egg in the group where it's it's the list and then a layout with the, the house and, you know. A, I, a I don't actually have it. I'm just joking. I don't okay. 
I just figured I'd get you with that. You got that. <laughs> so, but I will say that Peter and Valerie arrived first and, and on their own, on their own, but they drove there, right? They must live close because they, you know, it was quick driving out. Yeah, that's, that's what I was thinking at first, but then it occurred to me that <laughs> Alice is just like meeting them at the airport. That's right. And then I guess they get a rental car and yeah, they and all of them go on their all own. arrive separately. How did all Alice get there? Did she get a taxi or did she have to drive herself? And now there's a car at the airport. This is Unclear. a logistical nightmare and I've, I'm feeling stressed out already. So Alice, who is not her their employee, Ugh. that's correct, is just sent to to like be the 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 Brady Magic Express, <laughs> and <laughs> she greets all of them at the airport, but they all arrive separately. Oh my god! Including Alice, who is the last one to arrive with all of their luggage, with all of their luggage, and she does not work for them. No, but she's Poor a really Alice. good friend. Sorry, let me rephrase that. She is not getting paid by them. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes old habits, you know. Um, Yeah. This is where it became an adult movie for me because when, when the doorbell rings, Mike and Carol are racing to the door to decide who, who it is. Oh, maybe it's, you know, Greg and Kevin, or maybe it's whatever. And then Carol says, no, it's Valerie and Peter. That's who it is. And she opens the door, Peter and Valerie, you lose. And Peter's like, Peter and Valerie, you lose. That's one hell of a greeting. It's like, ooh. And I, I really think that as every, like, I guess I'll call them sub-family arrives, yeah. I really want them to each have an intro song with, like, opening credits that's, like, basically the same as the oh. Brady Bunch opening mm-hmm. song. It's, uh, but it details, the, like, their their family dynamic. Yeah, that I would like that, too. I was very annoyed by this sequence because no one wants to watch people opening doors for 10 minutes. Well, I think uh, people are down to watch phone calls happen, (laughs) especially where the same information is the same, but different information is given to the same people recycled twice. (laughs) I think at this point, People are going to be down for like, ooh, let's watch them open doors now. <laughs> oh, my God. And then they just stand in the hallway and like yep. it, it's pure chaos, pure family <laughs> chaos. And and I can only handle that for a certain amount of time. And it didn't dissipate quick enough. <laughs> so I was just like, oh, I was grinding my teeth a little bit. <laughs> okay. So here's the irony. This is where I start crying. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> movie. Okay. I'm, why do you start crying? <laughs> I love this movie up until this point. I love it ironically because of the, uh-huh. if that is your name, that kind of stuff, like the terrible writing. I love it for that. This is where right. I start loving the movie because it's a Christmas movie. And to your point, you didn't watch the Brady Bunch. You didn't grow up with it. So yeah. it's been 20 years since the Brady Bunch started. I don't know how many years since it ended, but a good decade of time has passed. And this is the first time we see all of these characters that we quote unquote grew up with at the same place. Like the intro phonologue thing was there they are individually, but this is when they all come together for the first time. And as a mm-hmm. fan of the show as a fan, you know, kind of growing up with these archetypes and these characters and me personally having grown up in a large family with a lot of Christmas traditions. 
So you've got Peter and Valerie, and then Greg and Kevin, and Marsha's family, then Bobby and Cindy, and then Philip and Jan, and they're all together. And then you've got this big, huge musical, you know, Joy to the World plays, which is a great mm-hmm. song. And that's just where I start to tear up, right? I mean, what does it like remind you of any like experiences? Or? Yes, my yeah. entire childhood. I mean, uh-huh. we, we we're we're five kids and two adults. I'm the youngest. I was home alone for the last couple of years before I moved out to college and we would get together every year and we have the same traditions and the trees. And I don't know. It's just this, this is why I love this movie. Mm-hmm. It is. You, I'm curious if you also think about like the actors haven't really been together and they see each other. On the same oh yeah. Set kind of like on a meta level. Years. I actually, I actually watched it with that kind of lens of, I bet that this is probably the first thing that they filmed. Because yeah. they haven't seen each other forever, so that this is their introduction to each other for the first time in a long time. Because it felt incredibly genuine, so I felt the emotion of them kind of reconnecting. Yes, it's mm-hmm. choreographed a little bit, but anyway. So, Jordan will play that's the closest connection between that is you're that not, is tender. Stop. You're not. That's, that's nice. You're not, you're not um, gonna get me to do it. I, I, yeah, I was, I was too busy. I was too, I was too caught up in the frenetic energy of it to appreciate it that, yes, this is a, it's a gathering and that's nice. And you didn't grow up celebrating Christmas, right? I did celebrate Christmas, Christmas and Hanukkah. Yeah. Right. So like, yeah. Anyway, so Joy to the World's playing as they're they're finally all together. And just, I don't again, it's nostalgia, right? And Mm -hmm. for all the reasons. And then before the song ends, doorbell rings. It's Alice. She has all of the luggage (laughs) (laughs) on her teeth, I think. That was kind of a funny button. Yep. All right. So this is when we get into gender roles. So later, (laughs) Carol and Alice are in the kitchen. (laughs) Yeah. Carol and Alice are in the kitchen. And they're talking about, you heard the line in sort of the preview is like, those kids were so wonderful. They were so kind about Sam. Some some blabbermouth told them about Sam. And and Carol's like, it wasn't me. He's like, I know, it was me. <laughs> and then and then who walks in but every other female character in this movie? They all walk in and what do they ask? Can we help? Because they're doing well, stuff in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Jimmy, let me just clarify. As as a man, I happen to know that women they have a, sp- a sense. They, it's like a. It's like they can smell oh, when emotional things are being talked about and when cooking is about to happen. Got it. And it's true. It's true. <laughs> it's completely true. So falling backwards at a certain age. <laughs> you know what? Movie. I'll admit it. For you know, if I'm staying as a guest, I will offer to help in the kitchen because uh, that's where I am good at doing things. I think. Well, I will too. So you, you go to kitchen. I usually go to kitchen, or <laughs> yeah. And plus, there's there are snacks in kitchen. I go to mm. business, mm. and I go to kitchen. <laughs> you go to business in the kitchen. I yes, I go to business next to my kitchen in my own house. Um, does this movie pass the Bechdel test? I was <laughs> I was thinking about that in bed. <sighs> I oh. don't know if it does. I didn't watch it carefully enough. So the only know. thing I can think of is Cindy and Peter's girlfriend are, are chatting at night, and Cindy's talking about her parents and how they. So it's about her parents. It's not about a man. Cindy's talking about her parents and that they force her to do stuff. So 
that's where I think it might because any other female interactions always talking about a man. Yeah, it barely it barely passes because they go immediately right into talking about Valerie and Peter. And like, well, right. Peter's not going to propose. And it's like, well. Yeah, because all the there. interactions with, with Carol and Alice are either about Sam or about, uh, you know, the, I guess they talk about the kids a little. Uh, Mike, even right? even the scene in um, the travel agency ends up kind yeah. of oh dancing around Mr. Mike Brady. See, I told you I was Mr. Mike Brady. <laughs> but the, the travel agent woman has a name, doesn't she? She says, I'm Mrs. Smith or something, right? Uh, I'll get that to you. Hold on, please. Uh, <laughs> I'm Mrs. Uh, uh, Crane. Crane. Okay, so she is a named character. Other mm-hmm. than that, I think I don't think this really counts. I, I would... I, I suppose I have to pass it, but... I yeah. don't think reluctantly it really... passed the Bechtel test. It mm. it scrapes by. Hey, okay. scrapes. <laughs> That's the name of the show. Whoa. Um, <laughs> anyway, so then, just then, the men all come charging through the door, singing "Deck the Halls" when they bring in the Christmas tree. The singing was a little weird. I felt like this family is a bit of a wonderful. Cult. <laughs> <laughs> this family is the cult. Have you ever sung? That yes, I grew up <laughs> in a Mormon household, for God's sake. And you would just burst out into song altogether. Yes! Oh boy. So it took this the halls with boughs of holly. Tis the season to be holly. Hang on, I gotta light my menorah. And in my memory, they're pointing to their dicks while they do that. And then it cuts to the women who come out of the kitchen. And they all come together. It's great. It's Christmas. It's a little weird. I love it. It passes the time. Then they all decorate. And as they do, there are a series of conversations that basically highlight the individual conflict that we established earlier. So, you know, Mm -hmm. Mike asks a question, oh, it must be great working for Tyler Toy Company at Christmas time because you must be example. he's like, yeah, Yeah. it's great. Really nice. And then, Bobby, you seem so confident. You don't even have any books. Yeah, confident. Uh, Hey, Alice, let me help you in the kitchen. You know, that kind of thing. (laughs) Uh, by the way, how much better dome? I did not write any of that down. <laughs> I'm just going to put this out there. How much better would this have been if Wally was played by Steve Gutenberg? Much better and what more is... viable, more believable, right? Okay. I think so. Who's Steve Gutenberg? Oh, come on! Are you kidding? We've done uh, multiple episodes. <laughs> yeah, I just kind of like, you know, uh, Jimmy, and, Jimmy and Dan are talking about a random person that I'll never be familiar with. Don't say never. If we if we plug this cameo enough, yeah. he might show up. <laughs> would you maybe he's a he's a scraping the vault all-star? Uh Ooh. I would. Oh, he was the guy from Tower of Terror. Sorry, yeah. I forgot yeah. his name. Yeah. I don't it's know. It's not how. like a Brad Pitt, you know, that name you never forget because he's oh, famous. He's Brad Pitt. <laughs> uh well, to be fair, Steve, Steve Gutenberg was the Brad Pitt of his day. <laughs> yeah, he actually was. Could you say that again without laughing? I uh, <clears throat> Steve Gutenberg was the Brad Pitt of his day. <laughs> Man, it's better when I laugh. <laughs> 
Yeah. Anyway, okay. <laughs> Cry moment number two. They're so they're all decorating, right? A series of conversations. When they're done with decorating with with popcorn, yes, of course. And there was some, you know, fun hijinks where Greg or Peter like strings the popcorn around Greg and you know. And then they turn the lights off and, you know, there's a big reveal. There's spotlight that comes down from heaven to mm. shine on the tree. And they sing Jingle Bells. And this is why I like this movie. It's Christmas, traditions, family. Like, that's what I grew up with. And I, and I, I know that if people don't have holiday traditions or have really strong family connections, especially at that time of year, that it's lost on people, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not bad. It's just, it is what it is. You just have nothing to relate to. So this is why I like this movie so much because it speaks to my childhood. It speaks to my family. It speaks to the love that I feel for for them and people I care about, especially this time of year and the music and the, I don't know. That, that's why I love this movie. And this it's sort of personified in this scene. Yeah. Uh, are you a popcorn family decorating the tree with popcorn? Maybe once, but no. Okay. I wouldn't. We, we aren't a popcorn family. Yeah. I I To me, I that idea is completely alien to me. I'm like, who, why, why? I'm sure it's a German thing or whatever, like Maybe. kind of tradition of why they did it. Like, you know, some people could put candy canes. Like, I don't know. I My dad used to do really crazy stuff with our Christmas tree. So like the night before Christmas, you know, you have your dinner and, and that's all fun and games. And then you go to bed and then my dad would, after we had all gone to sleep, he'd do something like construct some sort of, weird like one year he took a bunch of wood from his wood shop and created basically a skier and then put like ski clothes on him and ski boots and put this wooden skier on top of a ladder and then covered the bottom half of the ladder with a bunch of white sheets so it looked like a skier had crashed into our living room and he was on a ski mountain so as a kid you like wake up and then he would do super weird stuff too, like put like a uh, like a barricade at the top of the stairs so we were just like dad can we come down and it's like what what's going on you know like this is so weird and you know you'd have to wait for mom and dad to wake up before you could go downstairs right and then we'd get downstairs and there'd be a skier in the in the middle of the living room or another year he filled up like a hundred balloons and filled <laughs> the floor of our living room with balloons so you had to like dig through them and pop them to see what was underneath and that was where <laughs> Hiding think, presents and stuff. I think I just fell in love with your father. And my yeah, dad, me too. It was it was a pretty awesome tradition. But other than that, we didn't sing carol songs like that. We weren't really like we didn't have those kinds of traditions. Yeah, yeah, we did, and we've carried them on to our children as well. I Aww. we bought a piano. I've been playing piano or Christmas songs every day. Ah, just it's what we do. You know, yeah. uh, you know, we put the tree up right after Thanksgiving and just celebrate the season, the Christmas holiday seasons. I put some lights up in my apartment, and it really does. It it's a mood. It creates a it little is. a vibe. No yeah. So and night, uh, Christmas is a thing that happens yep, exactly. in my world, <laughs> and that is perhaps well. No, anyway, so that evening. There are several scenes between all the characters in their respective sleeping quarters that I'll go through in detail later. Um, <laughs> and they're basically just furthering the expo- exploration or exposition of their conflict, right? Just kind of talking it out. Uh, then we cut to Mike and Carol, and Carol is worried. She has been has a feeling that something is going on with all the kids, and, and Mike's like, oh, let me guess. 
women's intuition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because Mike is like way too oblivious to the part where Wally's like, yeah, yeah. the toy company. Right. It's great. Yeah, the parent, the Mike and Carol do not know how to read human emotions. Like, uh, at Carol, all. at least Carol has a sense for it. Got the intuition as proven in this bit. scene. Yeah, here's what I'm thinking right by is that and, Wally's response. Sorry, Dan. Wally's response wasn't, "Yeah, this year their number one seller is pink slips." <laughs> <laughs> that should you should be writing for this. <laughs> <laughs> and I, when they, then when the siblings have their moment when they're kind of talking it out, I actually really kind of, in, well, okay, I enjoy that part of the movie more than I do any other part of the movie because they're actually having, you know, actual conversations to some extent. They're However, all very shallow though. They're about as deep as a sugar cookie. Well, but it, for this oh, for this setting, that sugar cookie is like. It's a the gold mine. Um Fire. and Peter needs a sleep cap and a candle because he's wearing a night. He's got the he's got the best seat in the house though. He is sleeping in the living room right next to the tree where you could look oh, yeah. at the beautiful lights and That's feel true. the Christmas spirit enter your body as you That's dripped off to to sugar plum fairyland. That's where I would want to sleep. <laughs> Right? Yeah. Like, like I'm looking at it, it's like there's something missing. I'm sorry, Audrey, I interrupted you, but that's fine. <laughs> I just, there's something missing to this outfit. Number one, it's way out out of place. Like, <laughs> yeah, at all. Yeah. What would make it work is a cap and a candle. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! It's totally the Scrooge. Like, oh my, god. awesome. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so Mike assures Carol that there's nothing to worry about, and they go off to sleep. And all the kids, after all their conversations that Dan was mentioning, they all end up in the kitchen where they eat all of Alex's <laughs> pies in complete silence. With their hands like a bunch of monsters. <laughs> Pale, sweating. <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> <laughs> Um, which brings us to act three, which I have called conflict resolution. <laughs> I wrote reconciliation in big letters. I guess I, if we're going with what we wrote for this point, eggnog is gross. Because <laughs> <laughs> it, it is. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> but when you were a kid, didn't you like it? I liked a lot of dumb stuff as a kid. <laughs> I like eggnog. Yeah. Eggnog's great. All right. Um, I think okay. eggnog as a flavor is fine, but as a liquid, it's highly questionable. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. The flavor's good. I've heard right. you can use eggnog to make French toast. You and can. That- oh, highly recommend uh, it, by the way. Highly recommend it. Totally down for that. Yeah. I'm going to yeah, do it's that. Because that's all French toast is. It's eggs and milk right. mixed together. You got to add the bread to it. I think as you learn more about what eggs are and what they can do in both good and bad settings, and then you're handed a, a liquid that has the word egg in it, you're like, hmm. <laughs> or at least you should. Like your basic survival instinct should be, huh? <laughs> <laughs> egg. How about egg creams? Mm-hmm. Which even don't um, even have eggs in them, do they? I don't know. My mom used to talk about them. She's from the East Coast. 
but aren't egg creams wait eh, yeah still a little weird but then i think i think it's the combination of egg and then a nice like hearty beefy word like nog so it's <laughs> like here's some eggnog enjoy delicious refreshing eggnog Feel, sh- it's just like yeah there are must you be a, about- i was just uh, thinking f- for the next episode the next time we do a Christmas episode, you've got to find some like you know old timey eggnog commercial. Mm-hmm. Uh, Arthur, are you thinking of like Cadbury cream eggs? No, I'm thinking of egg creams, which is a is a beverage uh, from yeah. the yeah, East Coast. Soda but it doesn't have eggs or cream in it. It's milk, soda water, and chocolate syrup or some other flavored syrup. Get the soda jerk to pour you some egg creams. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, um, so. Conflict resolution. It's Christmas morning, I guess. Like, so it's it's Christmas morning now because they're having Christmas dinner the same day, which means the night where they're eating all the pies and lamenting to each other. That's Christmas Eve. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's Christmas morning, and Carol enters Jan and Philip's room, where she finds Philip is sleeping in a drawer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's their thing. That's what they're into. No, no, just him. Uh, they confess <laughs> that they are getting a divorce. They argue. They have had misunderstandings. She's an architect. He's a full professor, but when he, but he has to put he's put work in before their marriage. Mm-hmm. They realize they still love each other. They start to make out in front of Carol. As mm-hmm. they get hot, Carol clears her throat. Jan thanks Carol for getting them back together. Carol says, "All I did was say it's time for breakfast." As she <laughs> leaves, she says in a sly tone. You can be late for breakfast. Oh my God. There's a whole lot of children from this. We're getting breakfast sausage this Christmas morning. (laughs) So you can be late for breakfast, which is Carol's way of saying, You can fork my daughter. (laughs) This house is full of sex. (laughs) And also, here's what I here's what I wrote to sum up their relationship. Love, love is a blanket. (laughs) <laughs> i mean it kind of that sums it up incredibly well yeah very right yeah love is a blanket <laughs> my daughter just, <laughs> you guys just go ahead <laughs> but i had the same thought i was gonna write something about better make me a baby oh my god <laughs> which would be vaguely i don't know would that be less i mean it's still no. creepy yeah <laughs> <laughs> the same <laughs> thing but it's that weird it's the way it's delivered it's that weird like you can take as long as you want (laughs) (laughs) throw away the condom oh my god do you guys need some (laughs) (laughs) okay so then you need some lube sweetheart because vaginal dryness is hereditary (laughs) It's <laughs> <Some> less than oil. Audrey, she was a spokesperson for Weston Oil, by the way. That was a commercial here at the beginning. That's, Wait, what? The, the actress who plays Carol Brady is the spokesperson for Weston Oil for a decade. Oh, what? <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's why the, be- the commercial at the beginning was her. I was so confused. Oil. I was like, why are they talking about fried chicken? But I guess this is Dan's new thing. So let's <laughs> go with it. <laughs> uh, oh, my God. I, ha- I have a headache from laughing. Okay. Yeah. Mike is on a jog. He's out for a jog with Wally and uh, Wally's kid, uh, Mickey. 
when they happened to come across Leonard Prescott of Prescott Toy Company. It turns out that Prescott Toys just lost its best salesman and Wally was the best salesman at Tyler Toys. Uh, it turns out Mickey told Mike that Wally lost his job. So uh, Mike set this whole coincidental accidental meeting up and Wally gets a new job at Prescott Toys. It's so easy. Well, Even anyone I, could do it. I got to say, and I am very inclined to dislike this in this movie however they do they do play it if they're gonna do this move they do it in a way that's not terrible because they mention in a conversational way that doesn't feel alien or weird like someone saying go to business they (laughs) reference that this guy is out every morning at eight o'clock like clockwork watering his garden it's and so when you and then when you find out that or when one finds out that Mike found out from Mickey, then it's kind of like, oh, then this was planned. Right. Right. Exactly. And, and Robert Reed pulls it off. I mean, that's what makes the scene work. My problem with the movie is that it is so procedural. Everything happens. It's just, it's very, it gets really boring because it's like, okay, this is set up. This is set up. This is set up. This is resolved. This is resolved. This is resolved. It doesn't leave a whole lot of room for like, I don't know. It doesn't well, feel creative. It just that's feels what, kind of that's what every movie is like nothing in movies happens by accident. Like everything means something. Right. But they just don't do a good. It's horribly written, which is why it just stands out so much. Right. But this yes. scene, I think, may be the exception because it's a little bit of subversion of expectations. And yeah, they, they my, stumbled into something right. intelligent. I think there's one. too many characters. That's what the, the repetition is also um, a problem. You know, like, it's okay to set up something in a movie and resolve it later, but the fact that they have to do that for every child mm-hmm. right. in the family, every person in the family, is just like, it's too much, you know? It could yeah. have been, it, like, they could have focused on maybe one or two characters, really important drama, and then fleshed that I, out a little further. I completely agree, but then I'm thinking, like, well, then contact contract negotiations, like... Right. <laughs> Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's the like, season, right? <laughs> like, I guess you can do, I guess if you want to highlight Greg and Marsha, that makes sense. They were kind of the star kids, but then like, but they have the least to do in this movie. Like Greg and Marsha have no conflict. Greg's conflict is that his wife isn't there. And Marsha's right. conflict is that her husband doesn't have a job, but that's his conflict. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Cindy's conflict is that she's played by a different actress. <laughs> her conflict is I think she was on drugs at the time. Oh no. <laughs> I think that's why she got replaced. But anyway, um it, so we're at Christmas dinner. So we've we've got Wally's conflict out or Wally Marsha, let's call it that family's conflict worked out. We've check, got check, uh, check. Yep, we've got uh Jan's conflict worked out. Christmas dinner, they're all gathered around, and Mike gives a toast. And I love this speech. It's about family, togetherness, challenges blessings and honesty and and that's he does a such a good it's a great speech this this may be the moment that ties it all up for me of why i love the movie so much because it's it's an emotion passionate relatable speech and while we're being honest mike is interrupted by each Mm -hmm. remaining conflicted Mm -hmm. wally (laughs) says I lied to the family. I lost my job. And because I lied, I almost lost the job at my the, at Prescott Toy Company. And then Marcia says, don't be sorry. 
just be Wally. <laughs> and then Wally and that's starts, the sequel. <laughs> Wally starts to pork Marsha. Oh my table. God. Yes. Oh, so <laughs> awkward. And then like Alice walks in trying to figure out where her pies are. And she looks down like, whoa, and she walks away. And finally, the only thing that stops him is that Mike dings his glass, Wally. And then the whole table, Wally. And that's mm-hmm. the only thing that gets him mm-hmm. off of her. But she's, I mean, she didn't stop it. Anyway. It's a cold. <laughs> All right. So then Cindy, who's at the kids' table, conf- she's at, literally at the kids' table. All the adults are at funny. Cindy's at the kids' table with the three little ones. Uh, she her, conf- confession, her confession is, I'm not really Cindy. I'm an imposter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a fan of the TV show. I'm a murderer. I-, I killed the real Cindy. It's okay. We forgive you and love you. The strength of our family is the strength of our family. And that's exactly how it would go, Audrey. That's 100%. We understand. She was a little I, annoying. I grew up without a family and I would always watch all of you on TV. I think, I think this scene would have been better if they had just like a little bit of background chatter, you know, because it's at, at a Christmas gathering, I feel like it's likely that some of the people would break off into their own conversations, you know? Not when Mike's Not this family. No, no, no. All right. No. Fine. No. <laughs> and people are confessing their deepest, darkest secrets. You don't like side conversation when people are You're dishing. Like, God, the turkey's getting cold. Do you think we're going to wrap this up? <laughs> I have a confession. Ah, <laughs> oh, God. I left the worm on the paper and circled it on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, what are you talking about? This secretary reference. Oh, oh, sorry. None of us know. I don't know. Uh, um, all right. So Cindy, uh, she confesses that she didn't want to come home. I mean, she wanted to come home, but it, she wanted a choice. And Carol says, you know, sometimes parents forget that their children grow up. And she apologizes to Cindy and invites her to the big table. Because I guess this is what it took. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All of a sudden, there's a seat available. Um, then you're not her- just my crotch goblin. <laughs> you're that your own weird- goblin. That is the weirdest moment. Where yeah. <laughs> just like, oh, you know what? I guess you are a person. <laughs> 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 also these like weird morals come across as 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 a little bit um what's the word i'm looking for like they're talking down to the audience you know like hey audience remember kids grow up <laughs> yeah it's like no was- sh- <laughs> sherlock god damn it i watched this whole movie just so you could shove this <laughs> message down my throat oh <laughs> Well, Alice is in the kitchen just eating her own meal by herself with like, a well, jug it, of wine. No one else is going to eat. I just don't want this to get cold. So I'm going to cut into it. And- no, guys. <sighs> looking for the pies that the kids ate. That's we her, know. We that's know. Her, that's her entire purpose in this scene. <laughs> pie. Um, but anyway, no. So Cindy's like, no, we got a game going here. Like, what in the hell? This <laughs> is so bad, the writing. Um <laughs> Then we'll shark these kids in poker. <laughs> Bobby confesses that he dropped out of school and became a race car driver. They are not happy. Like, this is the moment of drama, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's dangerous. Uh, but they want him to be happy. And race car driving is what makes him happy. But in the end, they didn't always do what their parents wanted them to do. Mm-hmm. They just want him to be happy. And this is what makes him happy. So then Carol says... Be safe and win. 
<laughs> and I don't understand that. I don't, what, what does winning have anything to do with? Like if it makes him happy, like what does winning do? Does winning prevent you from dying? Like, I don't, I don't understand. I kind of like that we are introduced to a weird part of Carol's personality where maybe she's like hyper competitive. Yeah. <laughs> and win, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I don't just go to business. I go to the best at business. I win at business. <laughs> I are business. And he never said racing. It's always race car driving. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's more of that weird exposition thing because exactly. racing could mean anything. It could mean literally like dog racing or something. <laughs> I go to track and drive automobile for purposes of being faster than other competitors. Running is dangerous. <laughs> hey, get off that phone with your dad. We need to go to the race car track and get in your race car. <laughs> But we'll drive a normal car to get to the race car track because the race car track is only for race cars and the street is for regular cars and not race cars. And those doors don't open. (laughs) Okay. Um, All right. So now it's Peter's turn. Uh, Peter and Valerie confess their love for each other and that they've both decided to propose. It's an equal society now and gender roles are gone. On the count of three... They, that's what Mrs. Brady proposes. Mm-hmm. It sounds like you guys are about to ask each other a question. On the count of three, one, two, will you marry me? And they both ah! propose to each other. And then Mike says, that was the dumbest proposal I've ever seen. <laughs> wow, <laughs> Mike Savage. And then he's like, don't you know you're supposed to get out on one knee? I'm like, oh, well. It's anyway. like an like improv scene, you know, ending with a proposal. It's like cheap. Cheap move there. Yep. And just then, as they're all celebrating around the table, the doorbell rings. It's Nora. It's Greg's wife. She saw her family and realized that she wanted to be with Greg and her son. So everybody's conflict is resolved. She's going to sleep on the roof. (laughs) (laughs) There's not enough space for her in the house. Mm-hmm. There's a drawer available now because uh, Philip sleeping with Jan. Oh, that's true. <laughs> and she can and she can sit on the in the chair that they suddenly created for Cindy at the table. Right. <laughs> they got it out of the black hole in the kitchen. <laughs> out of the refrigerator. <laughs> okay, so that just leaves Alice, uh, who hasn't gotten her conflict resolved. Uh, but first, it's turkey time. Gobble gobble. Just as Mike is about to cut the turkey, the phone rings. Ugh. There's a problem at the Roberts Project on Christmas mm. Day. Why was anybody on the job site on Christmas on Day? Site. Because well, that's how bad Ted Roberts is. This is ridiculous. <laughs> he is the Scrooge of this film. They refer to him as Scrooge. Ugh. They didn't follow his structural plans. And guess what happened? The building collapsed. Mm-hmm. He's going to pay a lot of money for that. Yep. This trapped two security guards, and evidently Mike is the only one that they thought could help. So he rushes off on the job site, which is at the corner of 34th Street and Oak. An ambulance approaches. Mike arrives. He goes into the collapsed structure to see what he can do. Mike makes a plan to help relieve some stress on the building. Mike reenters when the building collapses some more. Ugh. (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, I, 
<laughs> After the commercial break, the family is gathered outside on the job site. Just then, the two security guards who were trapped before, they emerge. Mike's plan worked. And Ted Roberts is like, oh, his plan for relieving stress worked just like he said it would. Mm-hmm. But. And just want to point out, uh, radio personalities, Mark and Brian, are behind the Brady kids. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's exciting. I guess it's cool. I don't know. It's a thing you, I know. If you live in the greater LA metro, you'll be excited. Um, just then, the two security guards emerge. Mike's playing work, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so it's now nighttime. Uh, the crowd is larger. Mike is still trapped. Carol is worried. Cindy reminds Carol about that Christmas where Carol lost her voice. And Cindy mm-hmm. asked Santa to give Carol her voice back for Christmas. So We're treated to a flashback. Yeah. Yep. So she can sing on Christmas morning. So they play, uh, they prayed about it and her voice came back. So we see the flashback and Carol singing quite beautifully in church. She sings, Oh, come all ye faithful. Mm-hmm. Back on the job site, Carol reprises this oh, song. Come. Oh, oh my no. god, yeah. oh I my can't god, believe we're playing this. Oh my god, yeah. and it's too pure. I can't handle it. Hey, it's like eating something that's too sweet. Audrey, if it helps when Cindy, I mean, Mindy starts singing, she's like off key. But no, she's like, yeah, she, she got it. And then the whole audience joins and they get, they have like 12 part harmonies. It's awesome. The entire town cares so much about this family. But they're just, oh, God. Do you think this is the main family of the cult and the town is the rest of the cult? <laughs> that, honestly, if you apply anything like that to this family, it actually makes sense. Like, they're aliens, they're cults, but wait, robots. Wait, wait, Dan, hold on. So, Mike can hear this from the wreckage. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes, can. And, by the way, this was pure moment number three for me while watching this. I was really hoping. I was really hoping I'd be able to get you. <laughs> yeah, I'm laughing too much. But yeah, I mean, it's it's not what it's about. It's about being together, and Mike hears it, and the power of this, the spirit of the season, and the song, and his family. It's about loss litigation. You should have listened to his architect. See, this is the moment where he emerges. And then he turns he again. Christmas Hulk, and he goes, Rah! and he moves all his stuff aside. It comes out. And they're like, it's fine, honey. It's fine. You're safe. And it's, Christmas Hulk smash. <laughs> you have the reporter? I don't know. I don't know what yeah, I know. When he came out and the kids with crescendo, I totally cried again. I don't know about crying. Um, yeah. that, oh, you just missed it. The reporter was about yeah. to say that she reports on this happy uh, ending Christmas story. It's a happy ending Christmas story. And she just noticed the street sign on the corner. It looks like another miracle on 34th Street. Mm-hmm. Mm. All right, I, real quick. Yeah. Back at home, they're finishing Christmas dinner when the doorbell rings. It's Santa, but it turns out it's really Sam. He's been a fool. It's a Christmas. Please have the spirit and take me back. Your top sirloin. Next to you, everyone else is just chopped liver. All conflict is resolved. Family sings. We wish you a merry Christmas. The end. Hold on. Sam should have a dripping sack of meat. (laughs) (laughs) He does. Believe me. (laughs) 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 
Uh, that is the end of a very Brady Christmas. And they're singing We Wish You a Merry Christmas, and they're really singing it to us. Yeah, they are. Yeah. <sighs> okay. I got through it, everybody. I got through it without crying. I think I made I my point of why I love it so much. I understand I really, now. I didn't understand I wanted, before. I really wanted to try to get you to cry. I know, and I'm 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 open to it, by the I know, way. I'm fully open to it, but I just I don't know. I think I think I'll get I might get you there for on an upcoming oh, segment. Okay. All right. Well, in in that case, while you decide to watch this wonderful film, instead of drinking just any beer, you can drink any beer, but you're going to have to play the Brady Bunch drinking game. Oh. If anyone says groovy, it's one drink. If Jan hurts herself while not wearing glasses, that's one drink. If you see Davy Jones from the Davy Jones from the Monkeys, that's two drinks. If Cousin <laughs> Oliver breaks anything, it's two drinks. If Sam the Butcher appears on screen, drink till the scene is over. <laughs> <laughs> and if Jan says Marsha, 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 finish your drink. Now that wouldn't apply to this film so much, but it's fun. Fun drinking game for the Brady Bunch. And what are we gonna eat in this fine, fine film? Uh, gosh, I had a hard time deciding. I think it would be a TV dinner. Mm. Um, yes. but, but you'd eat it for breakfast because. Yes. Perfect. It's, uh, I don't know. I just want, I like Christmas breakfast more than Christmas dinner sometimes. Mm, it's totally. just like, or Christmas Eve dinner. Cause I, I'm, breakfast is the best meal. What I'm picturing is. Salisbury steak. Oh yeah, the with the peas totally. and the carrots and like yeah. a little weird brownie or something. What about a breakfast hot pocket. Ooh. Breakfast hot, hot pocket. pocket. Um, cinnamon swirl French toast. Ooh, homemade caramel syrup made with brown sugar, heavy whipping cream, and caro syrup in equal oh. parts. Uh, homemade whipped cream. That's one cup of heavy whipping cream, two tablespoons of sugar. Get that bowl, like stainless steel bowl, frozen, like in the freezer. Right. Whip that up. Slice some strawberries on top. Have some bacon. I mean, that's not for this movie. I'm just hungry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. My friend told am- me earlier, and she's like, let's go get ice cream. And I'm like, I really want ice cream. So... Yeah. I remember my mom around Christmas, or on for Christmas, she would... Make like a casserole, Chris breakfast, Christmas casserole thing, which I know could sound weird to people, but it was really good. I, you I know grew what up I've in heard? Utah. How does it sound weird in any way? What meal is not a casserole? My my my. I'm gonna revise my my breakfast meal. It would be a lox bagels and onions. Oh, and I want that now. And yeah, because my mom is a bagels fan and I love bagels and like Christmas morning bagel sandwich with egg Mm. or you could do, you know, bacon, whatever, just a little spread. That's one of the things out here in the South. They don't do bagels well here. That's the first thing I do when I go to California is to get a bagel. They're not even that. uh, Yeah. Well, yeah. East coast is the place. There are a couple good spots here. Yeah. I go to California more than anything. Dan, you were saying. I'm going to want to go to bagel soon. <laughs> bagel meat. And uh, all right. What are we listening to Dan? Well, first 
Uh, I, I'm almost certain I'm going to remember to promote that I will be doing a compendium, compendium, com, uh, collection of Main Street uh, Christmas loop music. Hopefully, to entice some people over the uh, the tracks to this this side of uh, the, the network. I'm words th- saying words, but before I do that, Audrey, you had a musical suggestion. Oh yes, yes. Um, I I'm not going to introduce it to the same quality that Dan introduces his musical selections, but uh, there's this really sad, depressing Christmas song that my brother introduced to me a few years ago and I listened to it around Christmas time. Cause it's a good song and it's also hilariously depressing. And that's LCD and it, sound system. Yes. Christmas. LCD sound system. Christmas will break your heart. You know, it's a it's love a Christmas opening. The jingle bells. And it croons. Too. Christmas will break your heart. If your world is feeling small And there's no one on your phone You feel close enough to call It's like and you sent me the link to this and I needed all I needed to hear was that part and I'm like okay I'm in <laughs> I love love this song I mean it might be a little too close to home for some people right mm-hmm it's a good song though. Yeah. And while beat. we're while we're listening, I think that between this song that we're going to be listening to and watching this movie, you know the Brady Bunch. There are nine of them. There's the parents, the six kids, and Alice. And in the in the beginning, there's the nine tiles. So I think you need to choose nine different beers to drink during this movie. <laughs> and by the way. Uh, now that we're doing Zoom all the time, I think it's hilarious when people reference how much it looks like the Brady Bunch when there's nine people. That's <laughs> one of them. So the other thing I, I realized about this song and why it was important for me to recommend it is I think that the Brady, a very big Christmas is too packed. And I think right. this, this Christmas song helps create a bigger picture. Like there are some really deep sadness around the holidays that a lot of people mm-hmm. feel and like to 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 have like a movie so pure and happy and not have a little bit of that bittersweet sadness in it i feel just it feels empty to me yeah there were a couple years for me thankfully it's gotten better uh there were a couple years for me when christmas was very difficult to the point that like i was like this movie I think actually made me really angry at, just during that time because yeah. I was just like, this is not, this, yeah, this is an experience that some people have, but like, I can't go to a mall right now. I can't, like, I, <laughs> like, yeah. It's gotten better. It's gotten much better. That's good. This song's going to make me cry. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Oh, no. So. Um, Jimmy, are you good to your MHP or anything? No, I'm good. I'm ready. So, um, it occurred to me, I was trying to think of, you know, musical selection and everything. And I'm thinking, well, I could go in a couple directions. And I thought, you know, as a Disney parks person, I, 
you know, I, I have felt the way I have felt about Christmas and I'm not the giant fan, but I get it a little bit. Um, one thing I do miss, and I think a lot of people missing, a lot of people listening probably miss as well is the main street Christmas loop. And I have gone through and found a few selections, um, from their sources. It was, it's all music that is out there that you can find. And if you know that you can rely on one of these songs, you can probably grab the album that it's from and it's going to have the same kind of feel. So, uh, welcome. If anyone came over from, uh, the Supreme Resort just for this, I hope we've grabbed you. Um, here's, here's your treat. This is the first one. Ed Sullivan presents, do you hear what I hear? And Jimmy, just wait for it. It will hit you. favorite musician ed sullivan yep of course so that's out there um oh i like that there it is it's hitting jimmy now Mm -hmm. yeah so uh that's a place you can go there's a lot of these so i'm just gonna be doing tastes um next one is david rose the christmas tree haven't done a lot of Christmas music listening yet. Oh, I have. Since like mid-November. So, wow. So this is all on Main Street, isn't it, Dan? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. And these are, I mean, it's all very personalized. I basically went through, there's, there's, you know, I did, I did not a lot of work, to be honest. There's YouTube uh, things out there with like the full loop, but at least for me, these were the these are some of the tracks that when I hear them, I'm like, yes, I'm I'm there, I'm transported. Oh yeah, so that's David oh, especially Rose. that one, yeah, right. Uh, you say especially that one, but just you wait. This is Lawrence Welk, Deck the Hall. As long as you don't have Cary Grant singing Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas while it's snowing on Main Street at the end of that show. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. So that's one approach for Deck the Halls. Here's another by Felix Slatkin. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. And Felix Slatkin is back on the charts again with uh, I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day. Again. Yeah, there's a lot of discordant stuff in a lot of Christmas music. It's true. I, I've been playing a lot of it recently, like I mentioned, and there's a lot of dissonance and then yeah. resolution. Well, kind of yeah, like Christmas, and, but my family. 
Yeah. <laughs> and the Brady's. Yeah. Well, and it, it's uh, it gives just enough of that creepy vibe where it's like, ooh, this is like this mysterious time of year and it's cold and all that stuff. Um, so if I'm going to get you at all, Jimmy, it's going to be with Rita Ford's O Tannenbaum. Yeah, this is a uh, an album that actually we had growing up. It's a Music Box Christmas collection. Mm. Really awesome. Uh, what's that, listener? Song in German. <laughs> I know a different version of the song about a fat naked guy. Um, <laughs> and a fat naked guy, you are so fat and naked. Anyway. Uh, if those of you screaming, we want more Lawrence Welk, I hear you. Here it is. I'll be home for Christmas if I, as though I need to say it. I always was a fan of uh, Charlie Brown Christmas. Like, mm. That's like one giant minor chord. And uh, this is also the... Uh, the reference I was making in one of the episodes of Dan Hates the Beatles that probably nobody got but me. So there we go. Uh, and uh, you want more Ed Sullivan? I got your more Ed Sullivan right here. This is the first Noel. I think Noel was better. Yeah. Like <laughs> in rare instance of the sequel being better. Yeah, well, yeah it's like Evil Dead 2. Oh, Godfather 2. Right. Uh, Empire Strikes Back. Powers better than the Fellowship of the Ring. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Back and to the I go there. No. I bet a lot of people are wondering: Is there a music box version of the first Noel? There is. It's by Rita Ford. the last one so we're not gonna I have a story to tell I have a story to tell too and it's about a man whose name is Steve Gutenberg and he wants he would like to perform a Christmas miracle for you he wants to give your friends and or family or both a greeting by cameo it could be a Christmas greeting. It could be a holiday, any sort of holiday. It could be a birthday. Birthdays still happen around here. Um, it could be anniversaries, any sort of congratulatory greeting. If you just go to Cameo, look up Mr. Steve Gutenberg. He's charging a reasonable price and help him out. Help him get a new phone and tell him that Scraping the Vault sent you. And um, you will not be disappointed. Anyway, Jimmy, you had a story. So uh, my connection to Christmas and the power of this music and the power of music in general. So for years, I sang with a group called Mixed Company, Tis the Season Handbell Carolers. They're uh, widespread throughout Southern California. That name could use a little shortening, I think. It's it's a bit long. Well, the company is Mixed Company, and we were Tis the Season Handbell Carolers. I I think they actually own the domain christmascaroling.com or christmascarolers.com. 
there's several albums which I'm featured on. <laughs> um, anyway, so the oh, uh, big there's deal a restaurant. Over here. It's right. There's a restaurant in Corona del Mar called the Five Crowns, which is a Lowry's prime rib restaurant. And there were at least one multiple quartets of of handbell carolers. And yes, these are English handbells. I think our our song list is in the hundreds. Like we just knew all these songs, you know, and we start rehearsal in Labor Day. Like it's it's a thing. Wow. Um, so we would go from table to table and we would sing Christmas songs at your request. Like you name it, we got it, most likely, you know, and we did some parodies and that kind of thing. But um there was one table, it was a family, you know, multi-generational family sitting at a big table and, and they requested Winter Wonderland. Mm-hmm. And the version of it, you know, that starts over the ground lies a mantle of white, a heaven and diamond shine out of the night. You know, it's kind of a swingy jazz kind of feel in four-part harmony. And the sort of the, the not the patriarch, but the grandpa at the table, he's sitting there sort of kind of comatose and he starts tapping his hand on the table while we're singing. And the whole family is staring at this man while we're singing this kind of upbeat, jazzy winter wonderland song. And they're all in tears, like just crying. And uh, we, you know, don't think anything of it. We got a, I think we got a nice tip, but anyway, so we go on to the next table and, and the, the patriarch of the family gets up and says, thank you. We, grandpa has been, comatose for years and this is the first time that he's smiled and the first time that he's moved in years and that is that is for me what this season and what christmas and this music is it's just it's a way to sort of give life and remind us what is important and you know we're thankful and we give and and I just I don't know it's it's a great gift for me and I guess Dan I got myself there. <laughs> yeah, as long as it happens. Uh, that's good. It, yeah, it's uh, I don't know. And, I mean, that's why there are, there are degrees in music therapy because it, yeah. it's music is powerful, incredibly and, powerful, and all the things you mentioned. Uh, you know what what that song that you played, uh, Audrey. I mean that that is a powerful emotion, and that speaks to a lot of people who don't have the same experience that I do. And anyway. Yeah, I love this movie. Um, I was while you were telling that story, I was there is an, a that's uh, a great story. And if anyone out, out there listening to this is like, I want more of that feeling about the music and connection to the brain and everything. There is a documentary called Alive Inside, and subtitle A Story About Music and Memory. Um, it's uh, about basically people with dementia and or Alzheimer's and um, they're played music from uh, times of their life. And it kind of just, it just brings them back for a short period of time. Um, and any of anyone who knows anything about what's going on in my life, that's uh, one of the reasons why I'm, I might not watch that movie. Cause it's, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, um, I've heard it's a really good movie. I will probably, I should watch it, but um, it's, it will be, it will be an entire box of, uh, I will go, I will need to go to store to um, uh, purchase tissue 
Yes. <laughs> I'm trying to talk. Now to is Brady. the time. Yeah. Purchase, <laughs> purchase, buy, 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 buy yes. tissue, buy gift, give money to government, <laughs> do business. Well, that's why you go to business so you can right. <laughs> so you, you can, can go to mall and our economy depends on you to business. <laughs> right. Uh, thank you, Dan. Uh, thank you, Audrey. I appreciate you indulging me in this episode. I, I just, I love this movie for all the reasons I mentioned. It's a, it's a crap f- film. It's just not good, but, but it, it's, it's good for me because of all the things that it does. Um, it's a good story. It's a family story, you know, whatever. Um, well, I want to thank you because this now means that we get to do Perry, mm-hmm. which will be our <laughs> Valentine's Day special because Perry is a love story. That's right. And she's a Disney princess. And she's my favorite <laughs> Disney princess. <laughs> and we get to do uh, the non, again, a non straight to video sequel. We get to do the original theatrical release of Audrey. Oh. Atlantis. You don't have to commit to it if that's not if you're not sure. I, was I just, know I know Perry is my pick. I was zoning out and thinking like, gosh, I hope I wasn't too cynical. No, you're nah. not. It's it's yeah. all good. I think our personalities, whatever we want them to be, have come out in in true fashion. It's great. Audrey. If you're ever worried about being too cynical, anytime you're either on stage or in a podcast with me, you you don't need to worry about it. <laughs> I can go there because I I'm. Definitely a lightning rod for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, we'll, watch, we'll watch Atlantis. That seems good. All right. Atlantis it oh. is. We don't know when yet. It's not going to be November because Atlantis 2, I think we're going to cover before then, but I don't know. So um, I want to invite you to listen to our other shows on our network. That's the Ears Up podcast, excuse me, the Ears Up Extended Podcast <laughs> Universe or Yupu. <laughs> uh, in the Yupu, you can have... <laughs> You can listen to Ears Up, Ears Up in depth. You can listen to Su- The Supreme Resort, which is a delightful show, highly recommended. Banter, Beskar, and Bantha Milk, where every week they review the latest release of The Mandalorian the day it comes out. But when you hear this, that show will be over. So it's back to being <laughs> crap. <laughs> back to talking about. I don't know. Shoelaces or probably <laughs> just sit and play video games and talk about what they're doing. Ashoka? There Ashoka. was a bunch of new uh, a new announcements. Bunch yeah, there's a new... bunch of new Disney Plus shows coming out. Disney, I'm sure Star that, Wars, Marvel. That'll be good content for them. Ahsoka, its own spinoff and Obi-Wan. And yeah, it's gonna be I'm excited about 2021 and 2022 with all that content. It's gonna be good. I'm excited about the end of 2020. Yeah, no doubt. Oh, God. Which, if you're listening to this when it comes out, just a week away. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry if you Christmas. Want to, Merry Christmas. Uh, if you want to contact us, I'm Jimmy at earsup-podcast.com. Dan is at Dan at earsup-podcast.com. Audrey is at Terrence at earsup-podcast.com. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Eric is ejohnson at concierge.com. And uh, Jeremy's at spectro underscore radio at Instagram and Twitter. And listen to spectroradio.us. It is a delightful station. They're playing a lot of Christmas music right now, Christmas parks music. I don't think they have any of the, what Dan has, but uh, a wonderful oh, listen. So. Thank you, everybody. Uh, Happy holidays. Thanks for listening. Be good to each other, and we'll see you next time. And until then, be kind. Be kind. Rewind. Rewind.
Christmas. Yeah. Happy birthday! It's your birthday at Chuck E. Cheese. Hey, everybody. Hey, kids. Hey, birthday star at Chuck E. Cheese. We're your special guest. We all need to please. Oh, wait, no, no. You say happy. Please no, I remember that one. Happy, happy birthday. birthday. Happy birthday. birthday. <laughs> Clap your hands. Now stop. Feet. Your birthday star, Jackie Cheese. We're special. Yours, I do that every time. Special guests, we all aim to please. Your big, big stuff going far. Here's to you, our birthday star. Yeah. Oh my God. I worked at a restaurant called Bobby McGee's in Brea, California. It was a theme restaurant where all the waiters had to dress up and had characters. So I was, I was a bellhop. My name was Tip the Bellhop. Oh my god! And there was there was Ohio Smith, which was like an Indiana Jones thing, but because they can't get the IP, it was Ohio Smith. Uh huh. They had like Peter Pam was a girl. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it was. It, it, you know, I met Kimmy Gibbler, and she uh, flirted with me. So, <laughs> but I, I oh my god! And I used to sing like I would, you know, just I was in college and I was, you know a little more egocentric than I am today, much more confident and, uh, you know, misguided, but I used to but sing less, but less so than in high school, which is why we became friends. Yes. Mm. <laughs> uh, anyway, so yeah, they had a songbook of 53 birthday songs. Oh, you had to, you had to memorize them all. And in order to become a waiter or server there, you had to recite them in addition to the whole menu. Jesus. Don't remember one of them. All of them? Or were they like, sing me number 48? Yeah, I think it was more spotty. Oh, I've but got yeah. this one. Happy, happy, happy birthday. Ooh, happy, <laughs> happy, happy birthday. Ah, happy, happy, happy birthday. To you, to you, to you. Olay!